Hey, I'm Camille Joy, the host and creator of the Moments of Joy podcast, the place that will leave you surely feeling motivated, inspired, and encouraged. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange. Welcome back to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. If you're joining us for the very first time, welcome to this amazing community. On this show, I promise that you will hear testimonies that will encourage, inspire, and uplift you to focus on the joy. Many of us go through really hard things in life. Sometimes it sounds good to hear someone else go through and show you that God will bring you through, deliver you, and heal you. So on this show, we focus on testimonies that are really heavy sometimes, but because we as people go through heavy things, and in the end, God will bring you through and give you a new life. All things are possible with him. MVPs, welcome back to the show. Now, if you're listening for the first time and you're like, what is an MVP? (laughs) Those are my most valuable players. They press play every week. They share the episode. They leave reviews. They message me on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't at the Moments of Joy podcast. And they are amazing. So MVPs, I love you and thank you for tuning in another week. So guys, I wanted to inform you for the next few weeks, uh, we have a few more weeks left in the month of September. And for the rest of the month of September, I'm going to be doing replays. I'm going to play some of the most popular um, testimonies and some of the testimonies I believe will truly bless you. All of them will. But I'm going to play the um, some of the ones from the beginning where I think the newer listeners probably haven't got a chance to hear yet. And the reason being is that I am getting ready to launch Moments of Joy Academy. And I want to give that my fullness. I want to give that all of my attention. And uh, we launch October 1st. So on October 1st, we'll begin, well, the first week of October. (laughs) We'll begin with fresh episodes, new ideas, new testimonies, new stuff. And so for September, I'm going to refresh and refocus and put replays. Okay, guys? So today's repay, I want you to enjoy it and um, take a seat back, leave a review and a rate and Apple comments if you're listening. And I love you guys. So welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome. Hi, Margaret. How are you? Hi, Camille. How are you? I'm doing well. We are so excited and honored that you would join us today on the Moments of Joy podcast. I have been talking about my first guest coming on for quite some time to my listeners. Um, So here is the gym that we have been holding back. And now she is released here to you guys, Margaret Green. (laughs) Hi, everyone. 
Yes. Now, I saw your story on the 700 Club, and I was totally blown away by the many levels of deliverance and healing, restoration, and just new life that God showed through through your testimony, just all in one person, all wrapped up in one person. It was just so mighty. I was blown away. And I, and I related a little bit to your story because, um, I won't, I won't give a spoiler, but I related a little bit to your story <laughs> myself. So, so I, so I said, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to ask her to come on and you accepted humbly. And I thank God for you. Amen. Amen. Truly. It's an honor. Um, to be imbi- invited on your show and because you're such an inspiration to women everywhere you know you have no idea those that are watching you know and those that are listening to your podcast you know that are that are inspired to just go to move forward in life and so I just I just thank God for you thank you so much so we're gonna just get right into the interview and um, just introduce the guests Margaret Green. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal speaker. She is a best-selling author. She is a woman of God. She is a wife. She is a mother. She is a voice to the brokenhearted that God has just anointed to deliver his women. And um, today we are just going to release her. So um, I just want you to share a little bit to get started and give a little background on who you are and what God has done in your life. Share a little bit about your childhood. I saw that you were um, from a broken family, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I will let you um, speak a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. So growing up, uh, my mother, she left when I was really young. Um, My father was very abusive. He was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic. And so, um, I experienced a lot of abuse uh, because of the because of my father being such an alcoholic and uh, and being so angry. Just at life, um, he was dealing with some hurt and some issues. And we know that hurt people hurt people, and sometimes though the hurt the hurt people are the children, you know. And so mm-hmm. uh, my father, you know, a lot of abuse. Um, I was molested by my uncles. And so I really just didn't have any self-worth. You know, I, I, I grew up believing that uh, I was not supposed to be here, that the Lord didn't love me, that the Lord didn't have a purpose for me. Uh, at eight years old, uh, I tried to commit suicide because I felt like wow. life was just better without me. And so uh, the Lord brought me back. Uh, after a drug overdose, because that's what I did. I overdosed on mm-hmm. uh, drugs that my father would keep in the house. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord brought me back from that. And, um, you know, I always questioned, you know, Lord, why did, you know, why did you bring me back to such a world that was just dark and such a place of just deep sadness and anger? And so um, I would always wonder why, uh, why, why me? Right. So at 12 years old, you know, uh, after hearing about who Jesus was, you know, I got excited and I said, okay, here, here's a man that everyone talks about that can save you, that can deliver you, that will love you in spite of. 
And so I told myself, I said, you know, I want to, I want to experience that love that everyone's talking about, you know? And so at 12 years old, I gave my life to the Lord and, you know, praising God, speaking in tongues and everything. And, and all of a sudden the way that I felt like God should have shown up, he didn't show up. Mm. So I felt like at that moment, everyone lied. I felt like, okay, there, you know, God doesn't really exist because he did not save me from this horrible situation that I am, that I'm in. And so from that point, you know, um, I went to a girl's home, you know, my anger got really bad. The behavior got, you know, really bad. And, um, I was in and out of girls homes and I had my first child at 14. And okay. from that, uh, I was in and out of shelters, you know, my, the, my family said, Hey, you know, we really just can't deal with you because you're going through, you're going through so much. And so as much as I wanted to be around family and as much as I wanted to tell everyone, Hey, I'm hurting. And there are things that are, you know, things that are going on with me. I just felt, you know, like no one could help me, not even God at this right. point, because he didn't mm-hmm. show up on the horse, you know, he, he, he wasn't, he didn't come as the knight in shining armor, you know, right. You know what I pictured. And so I started to date older guys, get it, you know, I was in abusive relationships, uh, from then. And then, you know, from there I started, uh, at 16, 17 years old, I started stripping because by this time I've already had two, two kids going on three, uh, I started stripping at I'm, 16. Yes. At 16. Wow. I'm, I'm already pregnant with my second. And so, um, yeah. I'm, I'm stripping. So wait. Yes. When did you have your first child? So I had my first child at 15. So I got pregnant okay. at 14 and I had him at 15. Okay. So yeah. So here so, you are 16 pregnant again. Pregnant again. Yes. Wow. And so, uh, with nowhere to live, uh, I got kicked mm-hmm. out of, I got kicked out of the home, the girl's home that I was in. And so with nowhere to live, I'm now I'm on the streets and I'm trying to make a living or trying to survive for me and my, my son, uh, the one that I already had. Right. So life is just really tough. And so, uh, and you had no family around now at this point. No, no family around at this point. And so I'm, I'm really just kind of just, just, just existing. I'm, I'm not living, but I'm just existing and I'm now trying to exist for the only thing that mattered at that time. And that was my son. And yes. so, um, pregnant again, 16. Now I'm, I'm stripping, um, I'm selling drugs. Um, I'm stealing to eat, you know, um, and I, and, and, my, and, and I'm asking the Lord the whole time, you know, just take me away from here. Just, 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 just take me, you know, I, I'm pretty sure there's somebody uh, that will take care of my kids, you know, just take me right. because I, I'm not fit enough to be, I'm not fit enough and I'm not, I'm not good enough to be a parent or just to be, right. just to be here. And so, wow. uh, I would always hear my father's voice, uh, in the back of my mind. Cause my father would always say, you know, you're clumsy, you know, you'll never be anything in life and you know, you're wow. ugly. And, you know, he would take his, his, his foot sometimes he'll call me into the room and um and he'll say margaret and um and if i didn't answer he'll say where's that he'll call me a name you know mm-hmm. i won't say what that name is but he'll call me a name mm-hmm. and 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'll come into the room and he'll say, take my socks off, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I would get down to take his socks off, he would kick me in the face. Wow. And so wow. these are the things I would, you know, I, I would constantly re- replay in my mind. You know, this is, this, this is, this is, this is how, this is, you know, I'm only good enough for this. I'm only good enough for abuse, you know? And, um, so I would, so these are the things that haunted me daily. You know, you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. So this was your childhood. This was my childhood. No loving home, no nice Christmas time, no, no nurturing. There was no nurturing at all. Uh, and let me, so let me go back to the home I, I, I lived in. So, and, and it's in my full story in my second book, The Ugly Her is Beautiful. In the home we lived in, it was like a two bedroom home. It was about 10 people that, that, lived, that lived in this house. And the house was actually condemned by the city. No one was supposed to live there because of the conditions that it was in. There was no running water. There was no, um, no, uh, heat. You know, we, we warmed ourselves with a little kerosene heater that we would plug up. And, um, me and my sister, which was, which my mom, when she left, it was just me and her. We, we slept in this bunk bed, uh, in the dining room. My father slept in the living room where you could hear every, you could hear my father when he would bring home prostitutes and, you know, you could could hear my father beating them in the, in the next room because there was no door, you know, and we, Mm. we you know, we would just kind of hold, you know, hold each other, you know, because we we would be that afraid Mm. that, that we, that we would be next. And so, um, in this dining room where we slept, it doubled as a bathroom because, you know, there was no bathroom either. Right. So we mm-hmm. would use, we would use the bathroom in these little buckets, and these buckets that we use the bathroom, we would have to also use them as water buckets when we went outside. I mean, it was just the conditions were really bad. The water, and when we did get water, we would have to fill the water, fill water buckets up, and put them on the counter. Now the house it was infested with roaches, and it had it had so many rats. And so we would have to try to get to the water and drink it before, before it became infested. So there were times we would would have to uh, double the the drinking water or uh, ration the drinking water for bath, you know, to take wash ups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it was really tough and there were days we couldn't go to school. Um, because we, yeah. you know, be, because of the abuse and because of mm-hmm. some, even sometimes not being able to bathe. Um, mm-hmm. And so these and are the, so what go ahead. happened um, to remove you from being with your dad? Was it your behavior? So what, so one day, um, so after I had tried to commit suicide, um, my mother, I had never seen her, but in a, I, I had never seen her at this point but I heard her voice. And so she came to the hospital and she said, uh, she said, Margaret, I'm so sorry, you know, for all the things that you had to endure. And she says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come get you. Well, my father had gotten wind that my mother had been to the hospital and he discharged me from the hospital early. Mm. So he, he took us over to the, 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 the men who, who was sexually molesting, uh, me and my sister 
and my mother had gotten wind where we were. And mm-hmm. so uh, one day when she made a call, found out that my father wasn't around and she stole us. I didn't, mind you, I didn't even know who she was. I only knew her voice. Right. And so she pulled up and she said, she called my name and I looked and I said, I know her voice, but I don't know who, this, I don't know, who, I don't know who, the, who this woman is. And right. um, my, my sister said, Margaret, don't go with, don't go with her. And mm-hmm. I said, I, and I looked at my sister and I said, I believe that's mom. I said, I know her voice. And so I said, and I'm going with her. So mm. I, I jumped up and I ran as fast as I could to her. And, uh, and I was like, mom. And she's like, yes, it's me. And I just hugged her and I just embraced her. And I just, in, in, in that moment, I was like, Lord, you know, you're, you know, you're real. I think <laughs> it was more so mm-hmm. like I real, I think. And so my sister was like, if you're going, I'm going. I don't know if she's mom or not, but I trust you that much that I'm going to go with you. And so my sister ran and got in the car and and yes, it was our mother. And of course my, my father had found out and, um, he came and he took us from the school that we were in, um, that he was so angry and he blamed me, my father. And, and, and it's more it's a lot more to the, it's a lot it's mm-hmm. more to the story uh but mm-hmm. he he blamed me for for my mom coming and uh because of the because my mom came and found out where we were with my dad after uh stealing us or kidnapping us from the school he took a pair of weed whackers and he he because i had very long hair he took the weed whackers and he cut all of my hair off with a pair of weed whackers Wow. as punishment wow. for my mother oh my and wow. and the only thing I could ask was you know you know why and so why? even it even started to put a wedge between me and my sister because my father mm-hmm. favored my sister a little more so than he did I because I was I was more bright skinned than my sister you know, my uh-huh. father would always say, you know, you're not even my daughter. You know, you're another man's daughter or you are, wow. you are a white man's daughter. You know, you're, uh-huh. you're, you're not mine. And so mm. it, you know, it didn't help too that my, you know, of course on my mother's side, you know, we do, you know, we, we are multicultural anyway. And, right. Um, but I was abused because of it, you know, because mm-hmm. I favored more of my, the multicultural, multicultural side than my sister and so um he would he would call us in the living room and then he'll he'll say hit her he'll tell my sister punch her in the face and if my sister Um, refused then she would get it so she would have to beat me in front of my father to satisfy whatever anger and whatever hurt he had towards my mother and so this is amazing and we are only in your childhood yes i am blown away because none of this is on the recording of the 700 club no i am blown away okay you can continue yes yes wow so so because of that then then the child services got involved so that's the thing. My father worked for the police department. Get out of here. Yes. Get out. Yes. Wow. And so, wow. 
the seven the, the city of uh I, I don't know if I should say which right okay so we'll uh, but, he, but he was a police officer he, he he worked for the police uh the you know the police office or police station and um I could never understand why he was allowed to get away with what he was doing and um but the, but that's the that's the thing that haunted me growing up is everything mm-hmm. that he would say to me everything that he would do to me I mean he killed me I died to me at eight years old right, you know, right. I I came right. back physically from the drug overdose I came back physically but mentally I died you know right you know to me there was nothing else left you know but a, but but an outer core and. And so an out of court trying to find now, mm-hmm. you know, who she was mm-hmm. and so, um, speeding up and getting, you know, um, getting um, introduced to um, homosexuality and different things like that. Um, right. I developed a, a hatred for men, you know, I, right. uh, but right. you know, I was very young. I was molested Which by understandable. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I was at 10, I was at 10, I was molested by an older cousin. She, she was 16. And so, but she, you know, and I was told, Hey, don't, don't you ever say anything about this. But you know, I was used to that. You know, I was used right. to not, you know, keeping quiet and not saying right. anything about the things that was, you know, happening to me in my life. And so it was more so like, well, this is what's supposed, this is, this is normal. This, this mm-hmm. abuse had become my normal. Jesus. And so I needed God to make his normal, my normal. Mm-hmm. And so, because my normal. That's an, that's an incredible amount of just abuse and trauma for a child to, to have to endure. Mm-hmm. That is so much, mm-hmm. so much. So it, it's just a miracle that that you're standing here today in your right mind. God oh, is yeah. just so good. Oh, he is. Yeah. He is so amazing. He is mm-hmm. so amazing. So then you find yourself at 16 having, you know, getting ready to have your second child mm-hmm. and continuing to. Uh, make bad decisions. I I saw on the Seven Hundred Club that uh, by the time you reached twenty one, even that you had four children. Yes. So when did you have your fourth child? So I was nineteen when I had wow. my fourth child. I wow. Was, I was homeless in and I was in the Salvation Army, and there was a woman that came over to me, and and this is how I knew the Lord was. Because every now and then I would check, you know, I had started uh-huh. praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm here. It's Margaret. You know, I know that I'm probably in a place of um, where you are not able to retrieve me. I know I'm probably in a place where you're not able to reach and grab me. But just in case you are, I need you today. Right. I need you. And that, okay. and that, and that, and that was me checking to see, uh, Lord, you know, I know that I'm hurting right now 
and I know that life just seems like it, it, it it's just not for me. It's to me, it's, it's better if I just leave here, but if you so choose, or if you have a plan for me, you know, help mm-hmm. me. And that was mm-hmm. just it. It was no long prayers. It was no, right. you know, it was just help me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I want to feel your love. Love me. Like I need to feel that you're with me. And so I remember at 19, the Lord speaking to me real, real loud and clear. And, and the words, and there were very simple words. And he said, I'm going to keep you. And that mm-hmm. was the very first time that I've ever heard God's voice audibly. Now, mind you, uh, I got saved when I was 12 speaking in tongues. I was having visions. I was having dreams. Like everything seemed like everything, everything really seemed crazy, mm-hmm. but I still didn't grasp who God was. You know, it was more so right. he still isn't here regardless of the dreams and visions. You know, I could prophetically, I could see, I didn't understand any of that. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to understand any of that. And so uh, I remember being at the shelter and this woman who uh, was rehabbing, she was a crack addict. And she looked at me and she said, you don't belong here. She said, you don't belong, you don't belong here with us. And I looked and, and I, and I said, I don't understand, you know, what do you mean? And so she said, you don't belong here. She said, there is a calling on your life. She said, the Lord really has his hand on you and he really loves you. And I mean, and she ministered to me and of course, from the the least likely person, you know, Mm -hmm. that I I would think that would have a word from the Lord for me. Yes. And so the Lord said that, you know, you only heard about my power, but she knows about my power. Yes, yeah, she's wow. in a she's in a situation of choices that she made, but she knows about my power and she knows what I'm able to do. And mm-hmm. she told me, she said, I'm going to take you outside every day and I'm going to pray with you until the Lord moves on your behalf until he until he finds you a home. Until he blesses you with a home. And, and so she took me outside every day, even against my will sometimes, because there were just times I just didn't want to pray. You know, I'm like, why am I, why am I praying? This is not going to change. You know, I'm still in an abusive relationship with a, with a man twice my age, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. he's close, Mm -hmm. you know, 40, you know, 40 years old. Uh, happened. Well, that's more than twice my age, but yes. Yeah. So I'm 19 years old. I was in the same place that happens to us. Yes. And it happens. And, and here yes. I am, I'm in the shelter and I was only good enough for him uh, to have relations, to have relations mm-hmm. with. That's all I was wow. good for. You know, I wasn't good wow. enough for him to take me and say, hey, let me put you in a place or, hey, let me help you. No. Right. And then when I did get a job, you know, he would take the money that I had mm-hmm. and say, hey, I get your paycheck. You only get right. what I give you. And sometimes that would be $7, sometimes, you know, $10, you know, but that was all I would get from me, you know? And so, but I allowed this to happen because this is something I, I I felt like, you know, I, you know, I was only good for. Mm -hmm. And so, um, she prayed, she, she began to pray, pray with me, pray for me. And, um, as as she began to pray for me, I felt the power and love of God. Like I've never felt before. 
and um, I would feel his arms around me. Even though I was in that place, even though I was homeless and I didn't have anywhere to go, you know, mm-hmm. I felt his love. And I was just like, Lord, okay, you're, you're here, you know, but it was almost like, okay, I need, I need a little bit more convincing. And, yeah. and so the Lord did bless me. He blessed me with a place to go and okay. he blessed me in an apartment. I was able to move in. I was like, I was so thankful, but for some reason that all of that went out the door, mm-hmm. all, of, all of that went out the door. Mm-hmm. I start back. I went back to. Uh, stripping, selling drugs and everything. Cause it was more so now, yes, I felt the love of God, but you know, you still need a healing. I still need a healing. I, I was yeah. still suffering from all the emotional abuse, all the physical abuse, everything would just replay and rerun over and over in my mind. Mm. And it was like, okay, Lord, I'm good enough. And you're good enough for me to love you and you're good enough to love me. But Lord, I'm not worthy enough to serve you. I'm not worthy mm-hmm. enough to be in your presence. Yeah. And, and so uh, with not being worthy enough, it just sent me right back to what I used to do. You know, the abusive relationships and everything. And so mm-hmm. uh, I was one night I was invited to, and this is the turning point for me. Uh, one night I was invited to go to a party and not knowing that I was being set up by another young lady that really didn't care for me. And, and that night as I was leaving the house, um, I heard the Lord again. He said, you know, don't, don't go stay in the house. Mm-hmm. And, and I turned around. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and, and my, yeah. uh, the, another young lady that was there with me, um, I asked her, I'm like, did you hear that? And she was like, hear what? I'm like, um, I don't think we're supposed to go, you know? And uh-huh. so she's uh-huh. like, well, I really want to go, Margaret. Can we go to this party? Right. And so there was such a deep warring in my spirit at this time. Wow. And I didn't understand what it was that was really pulling me. And I said, uh-huh. man, I don't know what this is. I, I don't know. I said, but I'm going to push past it and I'm going to go anyway. Okay. And so, and that, and that was me just stubborn will being hard headed and just Mm -hmm. uh, giving into what I wanted to do at the time, not realizing this would be the night that uh, I would almost lose my life. Wow. And so, um, you know, we, my, the young, my, the friend of mine who I didn't know, like I said, at this time, I did not know that uh she didn't she she was setting me up she had set me up to be she wasn't my friend at all and I I had no idea um and so because at that time you know anyone who wanted to be around me you know I just wanted to be accepted so it didn't matter if you used me matter if you abused me I just wanted to be accepted and if that's what it took then that's what Mm -hmm. it took and so um she said, hey, I'm going to send uh, two of my friends to come and pick you up. And they, you know, they should be there. And I said, oh, okay, great. And so I had this tug and I was like, Lord, I don't know what this is, but, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go anyway. And then besides mm-hmm. my friend that's here with me, she wants to go. And so right. the guys said, come, they pick us up. I kind of, I kind of knew one of the guys, but I did not know the other guy at all. I knew he was married because I kind of looked at his finger. I'm like, oh, he's married, you know. 
and right. son, and they were both older, of course. They were about, I think they were like in their uh, 30s, 40s. Well, one, I think, I know one was in their his late 40s and the other was in his late 30s at the time. And so, wow. so here we are, we're supposed to be going to this, this house party and uh, we're on our way and they pull into um, uh, um, the Chain of Rocks River. And that's one of the rivers. Uh, it's off a, a back street, and I'm like, "Why? You know, why are we here at the river?" And he says, "Hey, right. let's, hey, let's just stop. We want to get some drinks, and we want to." And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, "Okay, um, I, that's okay, that's fine. They just want to get okay. drinks." And so um, I started to feel really sick, and I said, "Hey, I have to use the bathroom." And so right. they were like, "Um, okay." She had, okay, you have to use the bathroom. I'm like, yes, please, please, I have to use the bathroom. So I kind of really begged to go to the bathroom until they're like, you know what, let's just go ahead and leave. And so we left the river and we we pulled up to uh, a place in, um, I'm not for sure if you're familiar with St. Louis, um, the city of St. Louis, no. but it was very, a not very, right. very bad area, very, a uh, lot of uh, vacant buildings and stuff. And in my okay. mind, I'm wondering, why are we here? Mm-hmm. You know, where is the party, you know, that we were supposed to go to? And mm-hmm. so they were like, hey, no, the party's in here. So we pull up to this duplex and all these, I'm looking at all these vacant buildings. Um, and it's late at night and now I'm afraid. And, right. you know, I'm like, okay, something's not right. Right. And so my friend's like, hey. Margaret, I really have to use the bathroom. And so, and she's like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Can I, can I go? And so the man was like, one of the guys was like, well, yeah, here, we're at the house now. The the party started, it's inside. So they go inside and I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just stay here. And Uh so about 20 minutes passed and my friend, she never came. She didn't come out the house. Okay. And so I'm waiting and I'm like, okay you know, something's wrong. And so they're the other guy, uh, by this time they're both, they're both in the house and I'm the only one in the car. And so I'm like, well, I need to go and check on her. Mm-hmm. And so I get out the car and I knock on, knock on the door. A gentleman answers the door and he says, Oh yeah. You know, Oh yeah. Come in. And, uh, and so I didn't hear any music. I didn't, you know, hear anything. And I'm, and so I said, well, is this where, is this where the party is? is this, and then so I started asking about different, you know, the names and stuff in my friends. And I'm like, oh, they were like, oh yeah, she's, you know, she's in, she's back there. And mm-hmm. so the guy, when I walked in, the older, the older man was, had my friend on the ground and he was raping her. And he looked oh, at wow. me and he said, when I'm done with her, you're next. Wow. wow. And so um, he did, you know, of course, he did what he, he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, after after they were done, uh, they threw us in the car. And they began to discuss how they were going to murder us. Wow. And, as they began circling, they were circling the bake. They were just circling one block and they mm-hmm. were going back and forth saying, man, what are we going to do with them? Where do we, where are we going to take them? 
And so at that, as I'm crying, all I could think about is what the Lord had spoke to me. Uh-huh. And if for some words, for some reason, his words just kept resonating. I'm going to keep you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, wow. I, then I began to call on his name. So I just started calling Jesus real loud, uh-huh. just Jesus, real loud, just Jesus, Jesus. And, yes. he, and he said, he can't hear you. He is not here. He can't hear you. Be quiet. Uh-huh. So the man began to punch me in the back of the head. And I mean, and he was just punching me so hard. But the harder he punched me in the back of the head, the harder uh-huh. I called on the name of Jesus. And wow. so he took my hair and he wrapped my hair in his hands and he began to slam my face into the console of the car that the uh, the armrest there. Uh-huh. He was slamming my face down in that. And it didn't matter how much I bled. It didn't matter how much I hurt. You know, right. I understood you. You already took something from me that you That's was right. not supposed to take. But uh-huh. today you're not going to have my life because now my life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you yes. can't have it because oh he didn't God. say you could have it. And yes. so. Oh, my God. I begin to continue calling on the name Jesus. And so as I begin to call on the name Jesus, I felt like such a liberation. And as I begin to feel this liberation, you know, I couldn't really hear them any longer. You know, it was kind of like silence. And all I all I knew was that my savior was coming. My savior is coming to save me. And so before we knew it, they threw us out the car. Jesus. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Wow. And that was it for you, huh? <laughs> that was <laughs> that was that was my turning point. You Thank know? you, Jesus. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> well what but what an amazing what a powerful testimony of him coming through because at that point you couldn't deny his saving power anymore. I could not deny it. I could not. You couldn't question whether he was there or not. Not at all. Not at all. And because of you that other young lady's life was saved. Yes. Yes. Wow. God is good. God is amazing. He will use whatever situation he needs to to bring us to him so that he can get the glory. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now here you are. And now here you <laughs> Okay. Sharing about how God brought you through. I mean, God is amazing and he is a restoring God. So here you are today. You are a married woman. Yes. Has totally surrendered your life to God. Um and you are an author. Yes. So um, you, if you would like to, you can just talk to us a little bit about the um, you meeting your husband in, in the last few years of your life. So I met my husband about 10 years ago at a revival. I mean, it was it was so amazing. And um, 
he was just, I mean, he was everything I needed. And, yeah. you know, we were, we, we clicked. It's like the Lord knew what he was doing. And, yeah. you know, I was on fire for the Lord, you know, and I was ministering and, you know, he, you know, ministering in the church, you know, an elder, a very powerful man of God, a prophet, you know, um, he has an amazing testimony. And I was actually at a service where I was listening to his testimony he had just, he was paralyzed. My husband, he was paralyzed. Told, uh, told he would never walk again. Wow. And so, of course, he's walking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Lord, I said, you, I said, Lord, you got him out of that wheelchair for me. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. I mean, God is just so dope like that. <laughs> my seat right now guys <laughs> like he handcrafted you guys just for each other yes. i'm gonna give you a powerful testimony and i'm gonna give you a powerful testimony absolutely wow. and you know what it, it didn't matter where you came from to him no. obviously it none of that mattered how many children you had did not matter <laughs> it didn't matter and you know because i you know i told him up front i'm like hey this is what this is where I came from. These are the things that I've been through, and this is how God has delivered me. This is how the Lord is using me, and this is you know. And I give God glory, you know, every day, all day, and um, and 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 and, and, and I just love Him, and 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 so if you're willing yeah. to love me the way God loves me, then I'm on board with you. You know, that's right. Because I know the other side. I know what it feels like to uh, not be loved. I know what it feels like. Right you know, for someone to not accept you, you know, as you are, mm -hmm. you know, I know, I know mm -hmm. about all of that. And so, you know, he was like, yes, he said, girl, you know, he said, the Lord told me you were, you were my wife. And I'm like, oh, oh, he told you that because he told me that you were my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all said, let's go. Let's go Here we go, God. That was 10 years ago. And so wow. I, I'm excited you know, uh, about what the Lord is doing in our ministry. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that our ministry really, our ministry and our, and the love for one another really, really, really took off um, about um, two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I was one day, you know, we, you know, you have to go get your, your, uh, stay, stay up to date on your health. Cause you know, when you're doing ministry, you know, ministry, is not just praying and fasting and reading the word it's about your physical body too because god can't right. use you with a broke down body okay so right, you gotta make right. sure you stay up on you know your health and different things like that because ministry can be draining and so mm -hmm. um i made i make sure i go get a physical every year you know i'm up to date on everything and this particular time you know i went to the doctor's office and i feel it you know having some intermittent pain and I'm just like, Oh, it's okay. We'll just pray because at that time the Lord was using both me and my husband in the ministry of healing. You know, we would yeah. pray and people would get healed and everything. So uh -huh. I'm thinking you know, I'll just lay hands on this pain and it'll just go away. Uh -huh. And I was laying hands on that pain, but it wasn't going away. Going away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, Lord. It wasn't that simple for it, you that time. It wasn't that simple. And by this time, you know, I was, I, I was on, I was on television, had a talk show, you know, just doing really well. Um, and so the Lord would just, 
every now and then he he kept saying, I need to talk to you. I need to, I need to speak with you. There's something I need to tell you. And I'm thinking, Lord, I pray to you every day. You know, I talk to you every day. What, what is it outside of what I'm already praying about that you need right. to tell me or that you need to get to me? And so uh, I continue praying about, you know, praying for other, other people, you know, every, you know, just continue with ministry. And so I know the Lord said, okay, I need your attention and now I'm going to get it. Mm. I went to the doctor's office and um, they said, hey, I think you may have appendicitis. Let's check it out. Uh, you know, worst, worst, we'll do surgery. You'll be okay. You know, and I said, okay. And so they came back and I think it was about uh, the doctor and the head doctor all came into the room and they said, we have something to tell you. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And they said, you have a, an abdominal aortic aneurysm and it's dissecting. And I said, okay, I don't understand what that means. Mm-hmm. And they said, you have one of the worst aneurysms that a person could possibly have. Wow. This, you have a bulge in the main artery in your body that supplies blood to, you know, every major organ. I guess it was wow. your, your your brain, your heart, and your 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 lower extremities. So you uh-huh. have a you have a an aneurysm there, and this is the thing: it's dissecting, meaning there's also there's not only just a bulge, but you also it's torn. Oh, wow. and I'm and I was like, what? And so um, they said we need to get you to a vascular a vascular surgeon as soon as possible, and so um, we try to find, you know, we're looking around for a vascular surgeon. And so, um, they call me and they say, Hey, we need you to get back. You know, we need you to get to a hospital. They said, we're looking, uh, we're looking at your, your CAT scan as well. You have multiple blood clots in both your lungs and one next to your heart as well. Oh my goodness. And so I said, not only did you have that. Yes. The aneurysm, you have blood clots. Yes. So I get to the hospital and they said, now this is the problem. If we repair the aneurysm, you'll die of the blood clots. Mm. If we remove this aneurysm or try to treat it, you'll die. You'll, the, the aneurysm corrupts you. Wow. And you'll die. Wow. So you're in God. So you are in God's hands because we can't do anything wow. with you right now. Because, you know, blood thinners, the problem with blood thinners and that clot buster is that, you know, it, it thins your blood and it makes you bleed out. With an aneurysm, you bleed out. And so they right. say, what we have to treat you with, it's going to kill you. And either, I'll, way. either way. And wow. so I'm sitting there in the hospital and I said, Lord, <laughs> what, what is it that you need to tell me? Right. And he said, Margaret, I'm going to use what was meant to kill you to heal you. Mm. Wow. And I cried so hard in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I cried. I cried. Mm -hmm. And so what the Lord revealed to me was that the health issues that I was having was connected to my heart. He said that I had so much unforgiveness in my heart that had become numb over the years. He said, you know, I never forgave my father. 
I didn't forgive yes. those who molested me. I didn't forgive my uh-huh. mother. I didn't forgive uh-huh. those that abused me. He said, what I did was I, it numbed. He said, so you have been working and doing ministry over a numbed, broken, unforgiven uh, wow. uh, heart. And wow. he says, I cannot continue to use you this way. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. because you're dying a slow death because you have wow. so much unforgiveness in your heart. Wow. Now that, that's, that's why it's so important to just have a relationship with him and, and learn to recognize his voice. Mm-hmm. Because then ultimately he like that saved your life. Yes. Hearing it from him. Yes. So God, what, did, what do you want? What do I need to do? Oh yeah. It, and and so it it really threw me because I'm thinking, wait a minute, Lord, did not and the scripture came back, Lord did not at the end, you know, when those that said Lord did not prophesy in your name, did not do signs, miracles, wonders, and you know, do all of these great things in your name. And the Lord said, mm-hmm. Get away from me, for I knew you not. And he said, right. You don't want to be the one at the end where I'm saying I knew you not because of all this unforgiveness in your heart. That's right. That's right. And so from that time, I was hospitalized 28 times. Oh, my goodness. Were these issues? Yes. I was told that. I oh, had, my goodness. I was told. My husband was told. We, we, we I don't know if you heard of the Mayo Clinic, but we, we, we had to go no. to the Mayo Clinic. It's where, actually, we found out that's where the president, the president gets his physicals on the 13th floor. Wow. They sent my me goodness. there because my, <laughs> <laughs> my case was so rare. They sent, oh my goodness! They sent me because they sent me to the Mayo Clinic, and so uh, Mayo, we got there. Uh, there was a doctor there that told my husband. He said, "Listen, you need to cherish every moment you have with your wife." He said because any she could go any day now, and there's really nothing we can do because of the blood thinners and everything that she's on. We we won't be able to save her. Right. And so they told us, uh, you all need to move within five minutes of a trauma, a, a trauma one hospital. And I said, we, Lord, we can't just pick up our life and move, right? you know, and then they're saying, uh-huh. well, you, I only have a 5% chance that I would survive anyway. So uh-huh. picking up our life and move within five or 10 minutes of this trauma one hospital only for a 5% chance of before you're going to die anyway. Yes. Wow. So I said, Lord, no, <laughs> I can't, I can't receive this. I can't accept that. I know what you said to me. And so, and now, I can only believe that takes uh, amazing strength. That response takes knowing your God, mm-hmm. because a lot of people would just cry. They would get their family together. They would soak in that moment and they would accept that they're going to die. Camille. You have no, my family thought I was going to die. Did you know they, I came home from the hospital and they had prepared food and everything. Like they had like this celebrate. It was almost like a celebration of life gathering. I'm like, wait a minute. I am not dead yet. And and I'm not dying anytime soon. And so I I was a little offended by it. And my husband was like, it's okay. You know, he says, you know what the enemy does? The enemy prepares for your death. But he doesn't understand mm-hmm. that what God has anointed to live shall shall live. So Oh come on. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so I told everybody, listen, I've been anointed to live. I have purpose on my life. There's God has a promise. And where there's a promise, there's life. And so I have to depend on the promise of God that he spoke concerning my life. And so regardless of what the doctor is saying, you know, and I understand what it looks like, but what it looks like ain't what it is. And uh-huh. so uh, I began to forgive. I began to, I mean, just really pour out and say, Lord, you will know, take this unforgiveness from my heart. And I will call out names. This person, mm-hmm. that person, this is what they did. This, that, all of this, take it, you know, every place that's been numbed. And so, um, and, and when he unnumbed it, oh my God, it was so much hurt. Mm. You know, I began to cry and I began to, I mean, it was almost like I was being rehabbed. You know, I was shaking because wow. of all the hurt and pain and rejection and the abandonment that was in my heart. And yeah. so, um, I mean, and the Lord, I mean, he lifted it, Camille. I mean, when I say he did such a spiritual surgery on me. And so, and I even had to forgive myself, you know. Uh Um, And and, and I had to dismantle every word that I thought about myself then. And and dismantle every word that I spoke over my life. Didn't even realize at that time I was speaking word curses when I was telling myself, you're no good. You will never you know, do anything with your life, you're stupid, or all of these things that I spoke over my own life, I had to dismantle those things with the word of God and begin to decree and declare life over myself, you know, life over my body, right. life over my health, and uh, even life over my marriage. And so mm-hmm. after doing that, uh, about, I would say we were three months in after doing that, and I just said, Lord, I'm just going to do your will. You know, regardless, no, I'm not healed yet. And this was my, this was my lingo, my jargon. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not healed yet. So I'm going to still yes. continue to do what you called me to do. I said, healed yes. yet. No, you yes. know, so yes. that, that told God, Lord, no, I'm still in expectation. I may not see it now, but I'm still in expectation of what you said you were going to do. I didn't blame, yes. you know, my husband or anyone who prayed with me. Oh, you're, you know, you're not real. My healing, mm-hmm. nothing. No. Mm-hmm. I had a word and I held on to that word. Yes. And so uh, I began to, we, we still ministered. We would, me and my husband did marriage counseling. You know, we would go and, uh, you know, help, you know, do revivals. I'm on the altar. I'm praying, you know, yes. everything, uh-huh. everything the doctors told me not to do because yes. my life was restricted. You know, I was told I couldn't. You continue to live. I continue to live. I didn't care. I said, yes. okay, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die trying. And yes. Lord, I yes. think. And so yes, that's what I did, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. um, one day I, I had, a, I had to go to the doctor and I'm like, oh, they're going to, tell me the aneurysm's gotten it's big and they need me to they need to admit me to the hospital again and so I'm at the I'm, I'm laying on the table and they're doing the doing x-rays and do a cat scan and everything well they do x-rays first and so okay. she, and she's like oh my god she go, and the lady is telling me how sorry she feels for me here this is the radiologist she's telling me how sorry she feels for me and in my mind I'm saying right. oh, why do you feel sorry for me the joy of the lord mm-hmm. is my strength 
You know, I'm more That's than right. a conqueror through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Why are you sorry for me? You know, Jesus is my yes. faith. You know, it, 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 yes. and I'm smiling. And because, you know, I'm like, don't feel sorry for me. Rejoice with me because healing That's is, right. you know, healing is mine. And so right. uh, she said, I'm just so sorry. You know, you're so young and this never happens to people your age. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just so amazed that, you know, this happened to, you No prior health, health, anything. And then, so she says, oh my God, your aneurysm, it's, it's gotten bigger. And I was just like, mm-hmm. and, but I said, what? And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And so um, I said, okay, you know, um, I'm not going to get discouraged. Yes, it's disappointing news, but I'm not going to get right. discouraged. I'm still going to stand on the word of the Lord. And so right. me and my husband, we went outside and we started joking and he gets out the tape measure, you know, and he said, huh, so is it this big? And we're laughing. I'm like, yeah, they said it was this big. And, you know, and we're, you know, just having some corny fun about it. Uh-huh. So I get home. And I said, Lord, you know, I trust you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't that it wasn't until I said, Lord, well, even if you don't heal me, I know that you're still good. Yes. Yes. And and that was the hardest thing to say. Uh-huh. And so uh, my husband, you know, I didn't understand at the time what was going on uh, with him. And he 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 said, uh you know, I knew God was could heal you, but at this point, I didn't know if he was going to. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I said, I'm not going to prepare. I'm not going to, I'm not going to prepare to die. I'm going to prepare to live. And that's mm-hmm. going to continue to be my, my, um, my, my motivation to keep going. I'm preparing to live. And so I was sleeping on the couch one day and the vascular surgeon calls me. And I'm, and I know I'm expecting to hear this bad news because the radiologist already told me that the aneurysm has gotten bigger. And so he says, Miss Green. And I said, yes, this is her. He said, this is the vascular surgeon. And all of a sudden he's stuttering on the phone. Uh He said, um, I, um, he said, well, I don't, I don't know how to say this. He said, but I no longer have to see you. And I said, said okay what's going on he said well I don't know what happened but that aneurysm that aneurysm is no longer there wow <laughs> now what was your response <laughs> I said I said no way you know it was kind of like <laughs> I said no way you gotta be kidding me he goes no I'm not and so I said oh I know who did it and so I'm screaming to the top of my lungs I'm in the house I'm dancing and I'm screaming to the house you know Lord you're just so amazing you know I knew you're gonna do it you know I'm just so thankful to you and so I said well wait a minute let me get a second opinion so I I go to a totally different hospital and have them do a cat scan not an x-ray but do a cat scan I want you to look I want you to look me up from head to toe uh-huh. Because when I present this miracle that you've done, Father, you're going to get so yes. much glory. Yes. So I went to another major hospital, Trauma One Hospital, that 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 knew my medical history. Yes. And so I I walked in there 
And they're like, oh my God, it's, it's, you know, they always knew me by the, they always called me the youngin, the youngin with the Yeah. Went in there. They get, did the CAT scan. They came out and they were like, there, there's no aneurysm. What happened? Wow. Can you tell wow. us what happened? Wow. So I went to go see my, and I said, Jesus, it's what happened. Yeah. I went to go see my primary doctor. His name was like, Margaret, this never happened. This is a miracle. This is a wow. miracle. And and I yes. and so I started to prophesy to my doctors. I said, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. While some issues are hereditary, while some diseases are hereditary, there are just some issues yes. that are connected to your heart. And so if you yes. allow the Lord to fix your heart, he'll fix your health. Yeah. So, uh, wow. So, thank you, God. That's a ministering point right there for yes. the listeners. Yes. <laughs> you would just allow God to fix your heart. Yes. Wow. Open me up. Here you go, God. Yes. So, if you allow the Lord to open you up, whatever issue that you're dealing with, whatever problem you may have, or if, if it's unforgiveness, even rejection, or if it's low self, whatever it is that's in your heart abandonment that you're dealing with allow the lord come in and heal that whether it's you know hurt maybe you've been hurt in a relationship or maybe you've been hurt in family or uh just others period maybe you've been hurt in the church you know i understand what that feels like you know i was speaking in tongues 12 years old in a baptist church but at this time they didn't believe in speaking in tongues and told me mm-hmm. and this is one of the reasons why i turned away and I had to, I had so much unforgiveness because they told me speaking in tongues was considered demonic possession. Wow. Really? Yes. And they told me I had a demon and they told me to never speak tongues again. And so when that feeling would come upon me, I had to suppress it really tight. So it mm. made me feel like not only was I not good enough, not only was I not pretty enough, but now I had a demon. Because oh, I was speaking in tongues. And so yeah. I had to forgive them. I had to forgive uh-huh, that church uh-huh. for telling me that I had a demon, you know, wow. when truly I was filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit at the time. Yes. Wow. Amazing. So then you're, here you are from, from abuse to teenage motherhood to having these two major illnesses and being healed, married now, woman of God, and now you have written this book, Speak Into Your Own Life. Yes. Well, listen, yes. so we understand that words have power and words have the power to change your life. Listen, you are a product of what you speak about yourself, even what you think about yourself. And the Lord dealt with me so uh, strong about the words that I was speaking concerning my life. And I know one of the things that got me through the healing process was the fact that I spoke a lot of life and I declared the works of the Lord and I declared his promises over my life and even began to declare my purpose here in the earth, you know, that it will okay. come forth and that it will manifest, you know, cause I, you under, we understand that purpose can manifest in the ground. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Lord, no, I need purpose to manifest the reason why you put me here on earth to manifest in the earth. I need to do what it is that you called me to do. And I can't do that in the ground. So I begin to right. speak life. I begin to speak love. I begin to speak scripture. I begin to, I mean, speak 
healing. And so this book focuses on um, uh, purpose. It focuses on speaking purpose into existence. It's, it focuses on breaking down word curses and it, uh, negative think patterns and all of that. And it, I mean, it's amazing. It's been changing lives. And I mean, it's really been, uh, I've been getting a lot of, a, a lot of feedback from it. And so, but mainly the core of the book is actually words that the Lord was speaking to me <laughs> while I was in, in that two years in that, in that period of my life of okay. seeking the Lord. So I took what God said to me, uh, as encouragement and inspiration. And I put those, uh, in this 30 day devotional and he said, and the, it was the Lord. He said, Hey, I want you to pay it forward. The same, okay. the same words I spoke to you. I want you to put it in this book and I want you to, that way my words can transcend to everyone else that that reads this book, because I want to activate purpose in the lives of those that I've called to rise up in this hour. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And it's, it's, it's been amazing. So. Amen. I'm so excited. Um, How can, how can my listeners find your book to purchase? So you can, you, the books are available on Amazon, but I would, but go to my website at www.imkingcreated.com. Um, the, the books are there. Like I said, it's really been a blessing and I'm just amazed at what the Lord is doing. Uh, and I'm just amazed at all the, the testimonies that have come back from per, from purpose being activated from, uh, um, life being restored purpose being restored, renewed, you know, new ideas, new, just new everything. I'm just, I'm just really excited about what the Lord is doing through the book. So I, I am going to post the link to your website under the descriptions of the podcast so that people will be able to find your website for the purchase of the book there. And, um, you know, the Moments of Joy podcast is really dedicated to those who have been through the storm of life, who have gone through traumatic situations and are seeking to rebuild their life. And your testimony just on so many levels wrapped around what what this is all about. I'm so excited because I know somebody's going to wake up at midnight and listen to this podcast <laughs> on someday. Even if it's next year, you know, and their life is going to be saved and changed and they're going to begin to be healed. They're going to begin to speak over their own life. And, and I'm just, I'm grateful and amazed. And I just want to, if you, if you have any last words of encouragement or anything that God has placed on your heart to um, say to them outside of your testimony, I just want to um, give you that free range to just flow because I believe in your gifting. So I want to give you the floor for that. Amen. Amen. Um, I just, I do want to encourage every listener out there that you have a purpose, you know, you, you have, a, there is a divine reason why you were placed here on earth. And I just want to encourage, encourage you to please discover that please don't sit on your gift. You know, don't allow fear and fear and intimidation to lie to you and tell you that you don't have a purpose here on earth because you do, you know, don't allow fear to tell you, you can't step out and that you won't be successful. And the things that God has called you to do, I don't care if you're, you're dreaming really big, 
guess what? If you're dreaming big and people are laughing, that just means that, you know, whatever God has for you is just great. But I want to challenge you today to step out on whatever it is, whatever that thing is that God has given you to do. I, I just challenge you today to step out on that. I, you know, I just, I just feel like an overwhelming anointing for, pur- yes. for purpose yes. today. You know, there are mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. people looking and wanting to know and have a desire for their purpose. Lord, why am I here? And that is, yes. that's been one of the ongoing questions of so many people across the world. But I, I, I want to encourage you today that uh, the Lord is going to reveal that to you. And may, you know what? And most likely it's the thing that gets on your nerve the most or the thing that <laughs> continues to to bother you that you that you see a need for change for it's the very thing that God has called you to do on, on this earth and I just bless mm-hmm. them for it and I just believe that the Lord right now is activating purpose and the listeners uh that are listening today in the name of Jesus and father we thank yes. you now father that purpose shall go forward Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, yes. that they shall know who they are in you. Hallelujah. Yes. And Father, we thank Hallelujah. you for provision for the vision in the name of Jesus, yes. Lord God. Even when they begin to step out, God, that provision will be uh, provided, Father, that they won't have to worry about where the finances are coming from, Father, but that it will always, I'm sorry, that it will be provided for them. Yes. The Lord. people and the support in the name of Jesus, grants, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, we thank you right now, Father. We thank you for divine ideas in the kingdom, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Wow, I am blown away. (laughs) And I'm so thankful. Um, Before we even press record, I just thank you for your humbleness. Um, Just you know, in dealing with you over the past week or two, um, I just thank God for who you are. And I just believe that who the person that you show in your interview is really the person that you are. Um, because I, that's, you know, you're graceful. Um, you have, you know, honor and mercy and you're humble and you're gifted. And I just thank you for gracing um, this podcast and being our very first guest. And I thank God that um, we got a chance to get to know you. So here I'm in Connecticut. So now you do have East Coast listeners. And I'm sure that people begin to follow you (laughs) all over. And I thank God that he's taking your name um, across the globe. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. God bless you. And we will definitely be in touch. Awesome. Well, guys, that's it for this week. That was a mouthful. So I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed Margaret Green. You can go onto her website, www.iamkingdomcreated.com. I am kingdomcreated.com. You guys be encouraged this week. Focus on the joy. And I will see you next week with another special guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye.